Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. I have a special treat for you this week. In our episode today, instead of me right now covering a topic, I'm actually going to share a recording from a past workshop that I did. This workshop is all about the brain and its three motives, and by listening to it, you will get clear on the three key motives that our primitive brain has, how it stops us from moving forward, and some specific techniques and strategies that you can use to overcome it. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Now, in the recording, you'll hear me mention next week's lunch and learn. Well, that already happened because this is, again, I'll be sharing this workshop recording, so it already happened. But if you're listening and you're thinking, wow, I really want to be able to access both of these workshops in video format, both the one that's shared on the podcast today and also the one that I reference in that recording, if you want to see both of them, then I'm going to post a link in the show notes here so that you can go ahead and view both of those recordings and be able to access not just the audio, but the visual too, because there's some really good slides that help to tell the story. And if you're a visual learner, I find that can be really helpful to be able to see as you're hearing as well. So make sure to check out the link in the show notes that will take you to where you can get for free both of the recordings from the one I'm sharing today and the one I reference as well. Okay, so I will now hand it on over to my recorded self from my previous workshop and enjoy this opportunity to hear all about the brain's three motives. All right, hello, let's get started. We are diving into our brain and the three motives it evolved with. So really, when we're talking about our brain here, we're talking about that primitive brain, that cave person brain, and we're using that idea to help ourselves understand some of the ways our brain might be thinking that we might not be aware of so that we can decide, is that how we want to move forward? Is that the way and the approach we want to take to deciding. And all of this comes down to helping you evolve past the primitive brain and decide from a place of what you want. All right. So that is what we're covering today. And I'm going to dive right in right from the get-go here and share what the three motives are at a high level. Then we're going to break into what each of those look like in today's terms. So We're no longer cave people living in caves. A lot of the time we are in the career world. We're in our jobs or working with our families or our colleagues. And we need to understand how these motives are still showing up. We're going to talk about what that looks like. And then we're going to talk about how to evolve past those motives and 
When I say evolved past, what I really just mean is to think beyond our brain and the way that it evolved so we can be more strategic for ourselves. All right. So the three motives that our brain evolved with are to avoid pain, to seek pleasure, and to conserve energy. So we will go into each of these now, but just know that these are the three motives that we're talking about in the way that we evolved. So to begin with, avoid pain. Now, as a cave person, and you've probably heard this before about how we evolved to avoid the saber-toothed tiger. And so we are always fight, flight, freeze. How do we get out of danger? How do we stay safe? How do we survive to live another day? And that's really where this avoid pain motive came from. It's survival. But we still have this motive, even though uh, for most of us, we're fortunate enough to have a, a place to live. And yet we're still thinking from this part of our brain. So what does this look like in today's world? Well, here's how it tends to show up. I'm going to give you some examples. Uh, and then I would love for you just to think about how are these fitting in for you? So first off, you don't want to upset the boss. So you work late. This has been me before <laughs> you stay late. And instead of out running a saber tooth tiger, you are there trying to stay safe from your boss. And so you do things that you really don't feel like you want to do, but you're going to, to do because you want to make sure to impress your boss. So you stay late, uh, well past, maybe you really need to just for that sake to avoid the pain of what could happen if you don't. Another way this can look is we say yes to more tasks, even though our plate is full, because we don't want to let the team down. So we agree. We want to be that team player. We want to show up. So we almost martyr ourselves for the sake of the team, because we don't want to feel the isolation of not having the support of our team. Uh, back in cave people time, not having the support of your tribe meant death because you as a human, we're not really strong enough to fend off all of the natural resources by ourselves. Often it helps to have a tribe of people to help us out. Do so you never want to alienate yourself from the tribe? I mean, that was the equivalent of a death sentence in a way. So what we've done is we've taken that same primitive thinking and applied it to today's day and age. And so we're taking on tasks that are maybe more so than we can really uh, have time to do because we don't want to feel the isolation that could happen if we let our team down. Another way this shows up is we avoid risks because we don't want to look like an idiot. And I, I see this a lot with my clients. So um, I'm a confidence coach. So I help my clients feel confident, especially uh, self-confident. So find that love appreciation for themselves, get out of that inner judger in order to make decisions from a confident, assured place. But a lot of times what I see they struggle with is they don't want to take risks because they don't want to look like an idiot. So they won't speak up. They won't volunteer or they, they maybe will, but they'll kind of hedge it a little bit, uh, not really fully own themselves and their power uh, because they don't, they don't want the outcome of potentially falling flat and looking like an idiot. And so this is another way we might be still operating from this motive, even though we're long past the time of uh, being in a cave or working in, in that way. So that gives you an overview of what this motive looks like. 
So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share what the other two motives look like in today's world, and then we'll dive into how to evolve or uh, think beyond that brain. All right. So now we'll go into seek pleasure. And I am presenting them in this order because what tends to be is first and foremost, we want to avoid pain because we want to live another day. We want to survive. And so avoid pain is where we go first. Then we start thinking about seeking pleasure. And this comes after avoid pain because one, like I said, we need to stay alive. (laughs) We need to survive. But then if we were only focused on avoiding pain as a cave person, that would mean we would just sit in our cave where it's safe and sit by the fire where it's warm. We would never get out and find berries to eat, food to keep us alive, new discoveries, uh, somebody to uh, be with. Uh, we We wouldn't be able to live long enough to survive as a species, to procreate as a species and continue the human race. So our brain evolved this second motive to help us seek pleasure. And this is what gets us out of the cave and into the potential danger in order for uh, survival of the species. And so this looks like um, how our brain evolved to want to seek sugar substances like that because of the energy fix, because we needed the energy. So we would look for berries on a bush or pleasure from companionship because that would help our species survive long-term. But what does this look like nowadays? Well, we might verbally agree with opinions that we don't believe in because of the praise we get from colleagues. So even though we might not fully agree with something, we might nod along Because it feels good to feel in alignment with other people, even if we don't inwardly agree with it to outwardly display it, you get accolades. People like knowing that you're on their side. Uh, You see this a lot with gossip in the workplace where people uh, share and exchange news in that way. And you get a little hit from the gossip because you're being included. You're getting in on the know, you know, what's happening. This also happens where people will commiserate together. Uh, You know how sometimes somebody's complaining, other people will jump in and complain too, because while complaining doesn't necessarily feel amazing, what it does do is it creates this place where others can easily jump in and relate. And then you get this sense of shared uh, experiences from the complaining, whether it's about the client, the boss, the company at large, whatever it may be, there's a sense of shared camaraderie around this complaining that can happen. And that's that pleasure seeking that you get from being a part of the team in that way. This also might show up as continually checking your email or your texts because of the rush you get from being needed. So this one, I think uh, people might not associate with seeking pleasure necessarily because they feel like they have to check their phone. They have to know if the client has responded or if their boss needs them. But here's the thing. Every time you open that email, you get a little rush of a hit because you see what's needed for you. It's like um, the adrenaline rush or a little bit of a hit of being valued, of being needed, of coming to save the day. However, it shows up for you, the importance that you get from knowing that you're needed or Um, that somebody needs something else, even though you might 
feel like complaining about it or be stressed about it. There's a bit of pleasure to it because of that rush uh, of being called upon. So that's another way that this specific motive may show up. You also might see it, and this is much closer to the primitive way it evolved, but it might be going to the kitchen or the break room for a snack, like a sugary boost to help you get through the day. In the same way that our cave people needed to go uh, find a berry to get a burst of energy to survive, we are still looking for that burst and we get it from a sugary snack. Now, we know this is coming from this pleasure motive, though, when we're doing it because we are feeling drained emotionally, burnt out emotionally. So it's different than physically needing the energy. It's more about being stressed and overwhelmed. And so you're looking for something to kind of dull the pain a little bit. So you're seeking the comfort of a sweet treat to help you out. So that's what this can look like. Okay. Let's now look at that last motive we want to talk about of conserving energy to get a feel for what that can tend to look like in today's world. So when we think conserve energy, the way that this evolved was cave people time. You don't know when your next meal is coming. And for many of us uh, that are watching this lunch and learn, we're fortunate enough, fortunate enough to know when we're going to get our next meal. And while I, I appreciate that is not the case for everyone in today's day and age, what I'll share is that the way that this conserve energy evolved um, from our ancestors is really this idea of you don't know how much you're going to uh, need or how long you're going to need to wait to get your next hit of energy. You need to conserve what you have now preemptively to make sure you have enough to get through the next week or the next season, especially the winter season, you could think of it in that way. And so we evolved to conserve energy. This isn't so much of a problem for many of us who would be watching this lunch and learn. We know to go or how to get food. We are able to go to sleep in a safe place at night. Uh, And so if we think about it in that way, this conserved energy no longer shows up from that place. And I want to bring this up too, to say these three motives, they're not bad. They're important. They've helped us survive. And so conserving energy is crucial when you truly have no idea how you'll get the next reserve of calories to help you move forward. But since that is not often what those of us who would be watching this lunch and learn are experiencing, this motive can sometimes get in our way. And here's what it can show up like in today's day and age. In the workplace, you know that it takes a little less effort for you to do it yourself right now versus to take the time now to train someone else. You hold on to all of your projects and you don't delegate. So it's it's very short-term focused. You're like, well, it's easier for me to do it, so I'm just going to do it. But in the long term, that sets you up for not conserving energy because in the long term, you're not getting the support from someone else because you're not delegating. But in the short term, you are conserving energy here because you're just getting it done quickly and efficiently by yourself. This also might show up as 
you avoid the harder tasks because it will take a lot of thought and energy to do those tasks. So you'll do busy work or no work instead of the top priority. So if you've been the person who uh, you have a big task that you really don't want to do, and this might be an avoid pain motive. It also might be conserve energy uh, because you might, you know, busy yourself with easier energetic tasks like tidying up your desk. That doesn't require a lot of thinking, a lot of mental strain or energy in that way. You can just tidy up the things on your desk, or maybe you unload the dishwasher if you're working from home, or um, maybe you just clear your inbox again because you can just quickly respond and get it done. You're conserving energy because you're not doing the harder thing, but you still have to do the harder thing. So you're not really getting out of anything, but in your brain and the way it evolved, it's like, it feels productive because you're getting things done and you're conserving your energy because you're not doing that hardest task. This also might look like saying no to after work commitments or things that you'd want to do because you just don't feel like you have the energy for them. So if there's some type of cause or organization you would love to get involved with that meets after work and you just feel like, you know what? I'm always tired after work. I'm just going to say no. That's you conserving your energy. And this is not necessarily a bad thing. But what I'd share with you is that sometimes the thing that we think we need to not do to conserve our energy is actually the thing that gives us more energy. A lot of times the things that we're passionate about that excite us our energy creating. And I have this with a client who always felt exhausted after work, but she wanted to get more involved with their community. She just felt so tired. But what she did is what she found is when she would go to the meetings, she got pumped. The energy of the room, of the experience of talking about the things she wanted to talk about energized her. So even though we can feel like we have no energy to do the things we want to do, That's often the time when we need to do those things the most because they give us energy. So just think about how that might be showing up for you. And you can use this to help yourself decide, how do I want to move forward? So we have covered what our three motives are. Avoid pain, seek pleasure, and conserve energy. And we've talked about how they can show up in different ways. We're going to use the last few minutes to talk about strategies to get beyond the primitive brain. And we don't have time to go in depth on these in this lunch and learn, because I want to honor my word of keeping these short and sweet and easy to take in. Uh, So this is where we will go next week, but this gives you some uh, of a, an idea of where we're headed and to whet your appetite a little bit. So you know, what's coming next. So how do we get beyond our brain? And again, these motives are not bad. It's just that if we aren't aware of them showing up for us, we can be making decisions from these motives instead of from a place of awareness and understanding that would help us decide from what we really want, not from just the brain's primitive responses and reactions to things. So there's five strategies. I'm going to high level them here and we will dive into them more closely in our next lunch and learn. First strategy. And I talked about this with conserving energy. We want to go from the short-term focus to the long-term focus. Because when we can take our brain out of the short-term and think about the long-term, which often our brain forgets when we're thinking about these primitive motives, it helps us decide from a place of understanding the full picture, not just the right now moment. 
Right now, it's easier for me to do the task instead of delegating, but long-term, that's not a solution. Right now, it's easier for me to grab that snack to feel a little better, but long-term, we're going to end up feeling worse from the health repercussions of that. So you can see how this can play out and how if we refocus and get that long-term perspective, it can help us. Another, survive to thrive. So our primitive brain is focused on survival. What we want to do is we want to shift to thrival, (laughs) which I don't think that's actually a word in that way, but this gives you an idea of where we're headed. We want to know how to thrive. So we'll talk a lot more about that in the next Lunch and Learn. Third, we want to take ourselves from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. So for those uh, fans of that book that is about the growth mindset, talks a lot about this and We're going to talk about how to apply this specifically to our careers and how to use this to get beyond that primitive brain to help ourselves forward. We also want to go from shoulds to wants. And there is an urgency in shoulds, but I'm going to talk about that in a minute. You want to go from what you're supposed to do or should do, which is often where our brain gets. I should, you know, do this thing for my boss so that I, you know, don't get in trouble to what you want to do. What do I want for me? What do I want for my career? And this is where long-term career planning comes into play. And then this last one around urgency, we want to take that to strategy. When we get focused on urgency, which is now, 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 must, 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 do, 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 we forget about being strategic. We get stuck in reactionary actions. Stay late, do the thing, say yes, agree to more. Don't go home. Don't set boundaries. Don't say no. Don't stop. Don't do anything for your own health. And we start to burn out. We get exhausted. So much urgency that we kind of collapse under our own uh, pressure that we create for ourselves. And so what we want to do is get out of that urgency and into strategy. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with soul.